This is Transistor.fm. That would be an awesome feature, actually, is if podcast players had a mode where if you scream while the hosts are talking, it records it and automatically sends it to the host. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2018. I'm John Buda, a web developer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I'm a product and marketing guy. Follow along as we launch Transistor.fm. Hey, John. Hey, hey. <laughs> happy, happy Monday. Yeah, it's Victoria Day here in Canada where we celebrate the birthday of Queen Victoria. Um, she must be really old because we've been celebrating her birthday for a long time. <laughs> Every year. We just Every keep year. celebrating. Man. But did you wait did you stay up till one in the morning to watch the the royal wedding? I did not watch the royal wedding. Um you know, <laughs> well, I follow i I saw some stuff online. Yeah. Um do you have people in your circle that are really into it? Yeah, my parents. Um they were gonna wake up at four in the morning <laughs> Eastern time, but they actually ended up recording it instead and waking up later. Which Oh nice. Like I don't know why you'd want to watch it live if you can just record it. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, uh, they, that seems responsible to just record it and, and watch. <laughs> but they did. Yeah, they were they were they were interested in it. I think they had, they had taken a trip to England a number of years ago, and um, yeah, I mean it's a it's a pretty big international cultural event. I guess you don't see that stuff that often. It's so weird though, because especially for America, because yeah. you guys have thrown off the monarchy. That's like the whole. That's the whole reason your country exists. Right. I mean, Canada, the queen's still on our money. So, right. you know, we, we, are, we have kind of a, a cultural uh, obligation to care. Uh, she's technically the head of our government. Uh, so, hmm. and this, uh, you know, uh, this is Prince Harry, right? Yeah. Uh, He's yeah. sixth in line to the throne, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I think it's interesting what people find interesting, isn't it? Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, people were really fascinated by it. Yeah. Talk about segues. Today, we're going to talk about pricing. I <laughs> 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 uh, hope you're interested. Um, I, I wanted to get into this topic right away. First of all, because you've got a meeting in a bit, and we, we don't have as much time. But, you know, as we've gone along, I've had this kind of growing anxiety about pricing. And I thought it would be interesting if you and I talked it, talked about it, kind of hashed it out live. Yeah. And the, as a background, you know, initially when we met, I was the one that was kind of pushing us to go up market. I was like, you know, I think we can, and you had had some conversations, uh, you know, there at the office about people that were saying, you know, a lot of podcasting services are too cheap. And I think, you know, eventually we got really excited about having a premium product at a premium price point. Yeah. Uh, and maybe the equivalent, we were saying, let's be the WP engine of podcast hosting. Uh, WP engine is kind of a premium WordPress hosting platform. When they came out, everybody thought they were crazy because they were competing against Bluehost, who it, Bluehost is like five bucks a month. And uh, WP Engine starts at 49, sorry, 35. 
they go 35, 115, and 290. Wow, they just raised their prices. Wow. So, so there was part of me, and I think part of you, that was interested in that model, right? Yeah. As, yeah, if I remember correctly. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, there's competitors in our niche that start at five bucks a month. Uh, Libsyn, I think. Yeah, Libsyn starts at five bucks a month. Um, there's Pinecast starts at five bucks a month. And, you know, there to, to make a living at $5 a month is extremely difficult. And there's a lot of smart people in our space, like Jason Freed and Patio 11 and, you know, folks that say, listen, you've got, you've got to charge more than five, 10, 15. You're, it's just very, very difficult to make SaaS work. And I think we, one of our first episodes, I divided a million by 10 times 12, right? So $10 a month, over 12, you know, uh, 12 months. If you wanted to make a million dollars a year, how many customers would you need? And it's 8,333. Yeah. And it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, it's right. That's yeah. In, more customers means more support. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 And we talked about how um, in the past we've both worked with startups that went after the low tier and really suffered, right? Like it, yep. it attracts uh, a certain type of customer that's really difficult. And, you know, there are, we know that there are a lot of businesses that will pay more, um, mm-hmm. right? Like we're, we're charging a few people for early access right now that have considerable resources that could pay more. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's a matter of value too. Um, mm-hmm. If you're paying five bucks a month, it's cheaper, but you may not value that service as much. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. It's, I guess it's similar to like buying like clothes maybe or something like a, a physical product for your home where you can go the cheap route by the $10 jeans or you can mm-hmm. go buy the $100 jeans and you're going to value them more. You're going to like probably take care of them better. They're going to last longer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you might like with my expensive jeans, I just wear them more. <laughs> yeah. So I act- right. they actually get usage, which yeah. is, which is right. good the, too. Yeah. The $10 ones you might wear once or twice, and then you're like, these actually don't fit very well. I'm just going to throw them away because they're only 10 bucks. But then yeah. you do that 10 times, and you have $100 jeans that you could have just bought and had for a couple of years. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we should start a fashion podcast. <laughs> All this is on my mind. And my anxiety is we are getting closer to uh, a launch date. We're thinking sometime in July. And one of the things I'm doing is I'm looking at how uh, are, are, how close are we to feature parity with most of our our competition. And do you do this too, by the way? Or do you, do you, how much do you think about this? I think about it a lot. Yeah, it's hard to know when you're ready to compete if you are providing enough value yet. Mm-hmm. What that value is worth to people, because right now we have like the early access pricing and everyone loves it, but it's mm-hmm. at the a very good deal. 
Yeah. And I think that actually really hits the nerve of the anxiety is we did early access pricing for $10 a month. Let's just say it. It's $10 a month for early access. And the thinking behind it was, you know, I think our we have really good competitors that are at $19 a month. And I figured, well, if we, if we, you know, half that, that's just a good deal for a product that is not quite ready yet. Yeah. And we've closed early access now. So that was only something we did for the people that, you know, were able to willing to come in and not have analytics and not have a bunch of features that we've now built. But they have loved it. And we've got, you know, really great um, feedback from from folks. Uh, and we also have a, a real variety of early access customers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. People that have never done a podcast, people that are importing multiple podcasts. Yeah. Uh, one I'll highlight is I really like the show. Karen Unland and her daughter Elizabeth have the show called That's a Thing. And it's uh, uh, Elizabeth is the teenager. And she explains to her mom, who's this lovely, um, just a lovely lady, very sweet. Uh, she explains things like creepy pasta and uh, <laughs> Fortnite, and you know, and it's just it's you really need to check it out, uh, folks. Just uh, look for that's a thing in Apple Podcasts. But you know, for them, I I offered them early access specifically because you know it's not a business; they're not making any money off of it. Really, they might have advertisers, but it just felt good to offer them a good deal, right? But now we're looking forward to our launch, and I'm thinking, what is our pricing going to be? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if maybe this sort of uh, thinking resonates with you, but I, I'm thinking, man, people are really enjoying this at $10. Mm-hmm. If we double, triple, quadruple that price to start, and we say, hey, we're open for business now, here's our pricing, are people going to be like, yeah, no thanks. Yeah. Like, that's, that's way too expensive. Yeah, that's my worry. And But yeah, it's good. Well, I'm glad you feel the same stress as I do, John. This has yep. been a good session. Okay, see you everybody. John. <laughs> We're in agreement again. We're in agreement uh, again. So yeah, I think but yeah. So that is the tension. And if you can hear me fumbling over my words, it's because I'm this is a wrestle within me of man, we've got all these folks that really like the service right now and they're telling people about it and but we know we need to charge more we can't keep charging that low of a monthly price forever and we also know we want to attract a premium customer and so i'm you know ah, it's like all rattling in my head of how do we attract a premium customer and and maybe it's just a matter of you know the people that are in early access those will be our early access folks, but our re- our actual customers will only be a small subsection of those folks. Right. Yeah, because you're, I mean, you end up potentially alienating an entire crowd or like, I don't know, sub crowd of, of pod, potential podcasters and, you know, mm-hmm. small, small individuals or um, just duos who want to do it for fun. Yeah. And is that okay? Right. <laughs> I think it's okay. I mean, yeah. the tools are still there if they want to use it. I mean, they can obviously sign up and use it. It might not be eventually geared towards them. Mm-hmm. But 
all the tools will be there for what they need. It's just there's these extra tools on top of it for the professional professional podcasters or the premium premium podcasters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And another thing I've been thinking about too is uh, sometimes I'll log into my old account with um, a competitor. And just to see all the shows I had on there. Yeah. And I had a show called Six Seconds, which was a podcast where every episode is six seconds. <laughs> and, you know, at first I was really excited about it, but it had no, it was, it was like a, a fun project, you know, to see how long could I do the show for, you know, how many episodes could I do of just six seconds? Yeah. And, uh, you know, if I had to keep paying for that, I would eventually stop because I'm like, well, I tried it. I lasted 31 episodes. It was fun, but it doesn't really have, you know, like my business, Mega Maker. I've got to keep doing that show because that's my business. There's a lot of things riding on that show doing well. Yeah. But, you know, these other little side projects that I did, um, you know, I had one right when I was learning how to podcast called Podcast Champion. And, you know, I did three episodes of it <laughs> and then I felt like I learned everything I needed to kind of do my other show. So I stopped. Yeah, right. And if I was paying for those shows, even if it was five, ten dollars, um, I would have probably canceled because I would, you know, I don't need, I don't need that. Right. Right. I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to just keep paying for something I'm not using. But Cards Against Humanity, I mean... Even if they stop doing this show, which is something I think about a lot, they're going to keep paying to keep it online because it's a it's a thing that they've put out into the world. It's like a cultural right. artifact. It's it's their point of view. It yeah. you know it has meaning for them, and they've got the budget to keep it online forever, just like they've got a budget to have a website and everything else. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, they may they may eventually want sort sort of like archive pricing, which I think we have mm-hmm. touched on before. So that's, yeah. that's also an option where they're not going to add new content, but still want to have the media online. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so actually, as we're one thing we're going to go through uh, together, I think, is Patrick Campbell. I reached out to him on Twitter. He has a company called Price Intelligently. And basically, all they do is consulting for SaaS companies around price. And they've got a book out that is free to get. It's called SaaS Pricing Strategy. And um, you and I made it through some of it together. Yeah. (laughs) We didn't read the whole thing, but we were, there's pieces of it I definitely want to touch on. And one of the things they talk about in it is kind of, if you think about a grid of pricing, there always has to be kind of a core driver that you base your pricing around. So for Basecamp for a long time, it was number of projects. Yep. Uh, for Slack, it's number of users. Mm-hmm. And in both of those cases, that model makes sense. So, you know, with Slack, every time you add someone new, it costs you another whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, that makes, yeah, makes total sense for them. And Jason Fried has a, a lot of stuff online about why they chose projects for Basecamp initially. 
they didn't want to charge for more people because they they want projects to be more inclusive. They want mm-hmm. more people to come in. They want more people to you know engage with the project. They don't want people to be sharing accounts just so that they can see what's going on in the project. And so he said, you know, a lot, you know, whatever. I don't. I'm uh, kind of expanding on this, but a lot of their clients were had multiple projects. So multiple projects becomes a good. Uh, variable to base your pricing on. If we look at WP Engine, usually in the pricing matrix, it's the first line that's their main variable. Mm -hmm. And WP Engines is number of sites. So for startup, you get one site. For growth, you get five sites. For scale, you get 15 sites. Hootsuite, which is some pricing I'd actually like us to look at um, as a part of this conversation, they... They're really interesting. They start at $19 a month. And that is basically for a like a solo professional. And that's mm-hmm. for 10 social profiles. But then it jumps up to $99 per month for 20 social profiles. And then $500 per month for 50 social profiles. So the main driver is number of social profiles and then... In addition, they've got things like, well, if you've got that many profiles, you probably need three users, and then right. their other ones have more users. What do you think about kind of what do you think our core economic driver is for? Yeah, it's good. I mean, I, I've thought about this in a number of different ways. I mean, that for let's say for podcasting, there's there's a I feel like a couple different things. There's like downloads and traffic you could base mm-hmm. it off of. There's and Libsyn uh, has done that route. Right? Yeah, there's storage, storage size, storage amount, which I think some places do. There's, you know, pricing per show, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do something around team members per show, but I don't know if that necessarily makes sense because you're not... For Slack, that makes sense, I think, because a new team member is going to use their thing a lot and constantly, mm-hmm. and it's it adds a lot of overhead for them. But And then there's there's like premium a premium feature set which is a little different um, or like you could sign up for an account with transistor that includes five shows mm-hmm. where I, more shows are extra or something like that. But probably for us, it's based on the show number of shows mm-hmm. per show. Yeah. See, I I've, I've gone back and forth on this too, because I think as we try to get to feature parity with our, cus- our competition, and I imagine I might get some tweets and emails about this. People saying, ah, don't worry about your competition. And I've definitely said that in the past. But the, the truth is the way people evaluate podcast hosting is they go, they open up a bunch of tabs and they go, okay, what does Simplecast have? What does Libsyn have? What does, what does Transistor have? And when they're looking, you know, across each, you know, comparing and they're going, well, okay, this, this product here has everything that Transistor has, but is cheaper, Mm -hmm. you know, that will play into their decision. And so we needed to be at least at feature parity. And and I'm talking about basic features. Like right now, for example, a lot of people are getting into these audiograms where you can can, uh, upload a little clip and turn it into a little video. And that might be something we add in the future. But to me, that's not... You know, that's that's extra. Not everyone's going to use it. I'm right. just talking about analytics, 
you know, a good podcast website, um, you know, uh, Spotify integration is becoming like a kind of de facto, you need to have it now. And also thinking about what comes up with our customers so far, like what are they asking for over and over again? Um, and I feel like we're almost there. Like we're very, very close. Uh, in fact, I think we could, we could do a public launch tomorrow and, you know, launch at, you know, a higher price point. And I think we would be, um, there are definitely advantages that we already have over the competition that that people have mentioned. Yeah. But on, on the flip side, we definitely need to have be at, at least ground level, right? We need, we couldn't launch without analytics. Right. Uh, There's still a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of things like documentation we got to fill out and, you know, sort of like help guide people to actually what happens after you sign up. Mm -hmm. As far as, yeah, as far as basic features, I think we're 90% of the way there. So the other kind of trend in the industry is a lot of our competitors have one price point, like Mm -hmm. Fireside is just $19 per month. And so, um, and that's for unlimited storage, unlimited downloads, et cetera. And I think one challenge with that is there's there's no way with one pricing plan, there's no way for you to say, you know, this is like the base and then up here is the premium. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of things that have come up in conversations that would be great premium features. Uh, and I mentioned some of these in Slack the other day. I'm trying to think of what some of those were. Um, one was voicemail support. Mm-hmm. So you go to sas.transistor.fm slash voicemail, and you can leave us a voicemail. Don't do that. You can't do it yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that would be a good, a great premium feature. Um, now, you know, is that enough? Can we just add a bunch of premium features and say, you know, this is for... Just anyone who wants a podcast, here's the base plan. But if you want these crazy features, then you've got to pay more. Now you're up to the professional, you know, yeah, the professional yeah. plan. What do you think about that route? Um, yeah, I like that. It's. I think it's just going to be. It's going to be tough to nail down what those features are, and like as we add new features, does some of them get added to the starter plan? Does some of them get added to the pro plan? Does some get added to both? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we yeah. determine what a pro feature is? Yeah, I guess so, it's whatever's beyond just uploading media and having an RSS feed. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, so I I think we've kind of brought up two questions, and again, listener, I apologize. Some of our shows we have a lot like a, an outline just nailed down, but we knew this was going to be a lot more kind of us freeforming it. So hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening right now, you enjoy this type of freeform discussion where we're really struggling. But I think we've identified I think we've identified two things. One, we need to figure out what our core kind of variable is. Is it number of shows? Is it whatever? And then underneath that, we need to kind of highlight what are the pro features that we're only going to add to those pro accounts. And then number three, we need to figure out, you know, how much we're going to charge for each of those. And I didn't get very far in Patrick's book. Hmm. I want to bring this up because he's probably screaming at the, 
yeah. <laughs> at his podcast player. Um, that would be an awesome feature, actually, is if podcast players had a, a mode where if you scream while the hosts are talking, it records it and automatically sends it <laughs> to the host. <laughs> Like you could see the frustration points. Like everyone's like, oh my God, get me on the phone with John and Justin right now. Yeah. <laughs> but his, where he recommends starting is with personas. Mm-hmm. And so, John, if you were going to say, if we were going to develop some personas, you know, some, some profiles of the type of people that use Transistor, what would that look like? Of current customers or people we want. Um, well, it feels like the advantage we have right now is that we've done early access, and so we've attracted all sorts of people, yeah. right? Uh, one we've already mentioned is hobbyists, and there are definitely you know hobbyists, and I think uh, maybe right above them would be prosumers. So hobbyists are people that start shows for fun, right? Mm, two people talking. Yep. No advertising, really. They just have a topic they want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Prosumers are, I think, it's a side project. um, And there's maybe a little bit of money. But there's probably, they probably have a goal in mind to to advertise something or or get some awareness around something else they're doing. Yeah. And eventually, I think they want to go pro. Like, yeah. Everyone who starts a show like that, most of the time, well, some of them not. Some of them just, you know, they've got a camera podcast and they just want to make enough money to pay for the show and get some free gear. Mm -hmm. So what's above prosumer? I would say maybe solo founder, solopreneur, small business. Yep. And actually, in our case, I think we can actually say solo primer, solo primer. <laughs> we could, solopreneur. 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 Yeah. Uh, because if we look through that list, I'm just on our admin dashboard. As I go through this list, a lot of these folks are, you know, uh, like Joe Workman is a solopreneur. Adam Clark is a solopreneur. Uh, Ashley Baxter is a solopreneur. So these are all customers. Um, I've already mentioned them on the show. I'm not just like <laughs> revealing mm. our customers when they don't want us. But these are folks that are, you know, they're individual founders running companies. Above that, we do have some small tech teams. Above that, it would be, yeah, I don't know what that would be. Not not necessarily small business, but. I'm thinking like there's a, a company called Trained Up that has an account with us. And that's not a solo founder. That's a small little team. I think around five people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're using a podcast for communing with the, communicating with their customers, trying to get more listeners, uh, you know, uh, sorry, trying to get a bigger audience. So I think that, that to me, and specifically tech, these are not like mom and pop flower shops and things like that. When we go through the list, those small teams are tech companies generally. Yeah, they're probably the earlier adopters, I would say. Yeah, but that could be a great a great way for us to niche down on who that customer is, which is we're not just going after small teams, we're going after small tech teams. And also, we should say with the solopreneurs, they're almost all in tech as well. Okay, so above small tech teams, 
<laughs> is it like brand, like large brands who are? Yeah, I I think this is the big jump. Is then we get into brands or uh, enterprise. Although some of the, our customers in this space would not want to be called enterprise, right? But it really jumps up here because those folks. If we look at this list of hobbyists, prosumers, solopreneurs, small tech teams, and then those brands, enterprise folks, it gets big there. Yeah. Like it is, it is a, a big difference between, you know, the kinds of companies that are there, and and even I'm including in that um, under brands, um, enterprise, like podcast networks. Or do you think that's fair? Do you think we need to break that out even more? Um. No, I think podcast networks would be in there as well. So that's that's a lot of different personas, yeah. right? But it, yeah. we're not going to target each one of those, the different plan. That's right. And so I think we have to decide. I think we're, we, we're aligned when we say we're probably not going to target hobbyists. They've just got too many free options, right? Like Anchor, yeah. SoundCloud. Um, we have hobbyists that are using us and that are happy to pay what they're paying, but... You know, if we raised the price, if we doubled or tripled or quadrupled the price, they would be like, okay, we're, we're out. Yeah. Yeah. This is, you know, yeah, this is getting expensive. Um, I don't know if we reintroduce some sort of plan down the road. It's always possible. Yeah. I mean, the, the nice thing about that is if, if you, if we have, you know, friends that are starting side projects, of course, we're going to let them use uh, you know, like if you're yeah. our friend, call us, like, we'll help you out. Like we're, <laughs> we're not <laughs> monsters, but it's not a great customer for us to go after. It's just very like B2C is a really hard play. Yeah. It's tough. Solopreneurs, small tech teams and brands that to me is those are worth going after. And those are actually most, I would say, I mean, there's a lot of prosumers on our list right now, but there's a lot of small businesses, specifically in tech. And again, tech is very broad for me. Um, Mike Vardy, who has a really popular productivity show and productivity business, just announced that he's going to switch to Transistor. That's a He's in productivity and time management and all that. But to me, that's in kind of the tech world. Like it's, it's, uh, it falls under that umbrella. Yeah. So if these are our personas, I think we have to decide where do we cut it off? Are we going to go all the way to to prosumers or are we going to say, no, we really want to focus on, you know, just big brands and yeah, tech teams? I guess there's another one in here, which is like, so there's hobbyists, but then there's and there's prosumer that has maybe a, it's a side project. Do you consider that the prosumer to be like someone who has a podcast that's really popular? Like it's not, they're not necessarily trying to sell something. It's just like they have a fun podcast, but they have like 50,000 listeners and they have a good amount of advertising. Because I've, I've spoken to people, you know, in Chicago and at the office who are like, we'd love to use Transistor Mm -hmm. uh, and they're very popular shows. Yeah, uh, they would probably potentially pay more money. They're yeah. not. They're not a hobbyist. Yeah, like it's something they're very, very serious about. Uh, they have a long history of podcasting and yeah. are well known. 
See, this is what gets tricky. Is I'm seeing there's there's <laughs> there's not fifty shades, but there's a few <laughs> shades of this. <laughs> This is how I know John was going to be a good partner because I can say the worst jokes and he actually, he actually laughs. Uh, there's different shades of this, and a little some of it is a little bit of your circle and a little bit a little bit of my yeah. circle, right? So my circle is very like uh, very solopreneur, very like building an online business, very like they're almost all building software. Um, and Joe, Joe with the the Weaver space stuff and the Weaver report he's a perfect example like he has an amazing business it's just him he's making really good money selling software online and that's kind of one shade but on the other shade we have a lot of this kind of chicago podcasting folks and yeah or like people connected to that network who mm-hmm. who have a network of shows that they want to add or a couple individual shows that are very popular with, yeah. within the podcasting world. Yeah. And I've struggled with this even in our messaging. Initially, I thought our headline would be the best way to create a podcast for your business. And as I went down that road, I saw a subsection of our customers that don't identify with that. And so mm-hmm. I've switched it to uh, professional podcast hosting and analytics or podcast hosting and analytics for professionals, yeah. which feels like a bigger umbrella, but I'm worried that I've dulled the sword a bit. Um, and maybe I don't need to be worried about that. Uh, we also have folks that are, you know, starting a, you know, folks that have podcast networks, yeah. And that they are running a business, like it's a business. So Karen Unland, who I just mentioned, her business is running the Alberta Podcast Network, uh which was which was modeled after what you have in Chicago with the Chicago Podcast Cooperative, yeah. Cooperative, okay. yeah. And you know, she's trying to run it like a business. She wants to have a big sponsor that kind of pays for things. She and she has kind of a social mandate as well, but and so there, there's some f- different flavors here that you've just kind of brought up that, you know, it is, I think we could fit both shades under, you know, all of these definitions, but what's tricky is they may not identify like that. I think if you look at the messaging of our competitors, I think that's why they have such a hard time too. Is yeah. They just always just end up saying, this is the simplest and easiest way to start a podcast. And it's like, yeah. okay, but who is this for? Who are you building this for? And what are they struggling with in particular? And when I think about a small tech team and what they need out of a podcast, it becomes really clear or much clearer what we need to build, mm-hmm. right? They, they care about analytics, but they want analytics. They want to know how is this growing my audience? How is this, you know eventually helping me improve my brand or increase revenue. They have, they have outcomes that they want. Yeah. They might also want something like an API so they can actually do other things with it Mm -hmm. um, and build new, whatever third party features on top of a platform. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, exactly. And so I think we've just identified a a kind of root struggle we have in our in our group. Like as I go through these people already using transistor, there is both flavors. There's both shades there. Some of these folks just have a really fun podcast that they do on the side that earns money, but they're not thinking of themselves as a business. Right. And some of these folks, you know, like Mike Vardy is a good example. He is, you know, he's a professional. He He's thinking of himself as a brand and he is trying to earn a living for him and his family doing productivity advice and time management. And that's what he does, right? Um, and so this is, we might have to have a part two in this because I, I feel like we almost need to simmer on this a bit of can we fit everybody under this umbrella? Right. Is there enough shared goals for these people and enough shared language, enough shared values that we could say, you know what? This is for these folks, everyone up to these folks. And while we're being vulnerable, I think one of my fears, once we get up to those bigger brands... Specifically, some of the brands we've thought about up till now, like Basecamp and Cards Against Humanity, and you know, their objectives are much more kind of touchy feely in terms of you know, you know, uh, like there's Waylon Wong in, in when I was interviewing her, she does the Basecamp podcast. She says, you know, I think a big part of the Basecamp podcast is Jason and David just want to get their point of view out into the world, right? They're not necessarily, yeah. I mean, for Basecamp and Cartoons Humanity, they're not they're not directly selling their product. They are providing, I don't know, providing some new content that might reinforce their viewpoint or mm-hmm. suggest a product. But they're not like they're not out there like wheeling and dealing and like selling selling yeah. things on the podcast necessarily. Just is sort of awareness. It's yeah. advertising for them, really. I mean, it's... Well, but is it advertising? That's the thing. And if it is advertising, I think that is that is a shared value, you know, all the way up and down the, the line, right? So prosumer, yeah. solopreneur, small tech teams, bigger brands. But it gets a little bit harder to figure that out once you get to, you know, like the MasterCard podcast. We know that they have a business objective with the show, and I, I had assumed that Basecamp and Cards and some of these other big brands also had a business objective, but you know it could sometimes it might just be you know they've got a lot of money and they just want to do something fun. Yeah. And uh, I just don't know if I've ever articulated that before, <laughs> <laughs> partly because I'm scared of that that mess. You know, just trying to figure out okay who who is this for. Because who is this for will dictate what our plans look like and what we eventually charge. Because the outcomes these people want, kind of that's where you work yeah. backwards from, right. right? And so it almost feels like we need to kind of pause here and just, yeah, maybe simmer on that for a week of who is this for and can we fit podcast networks right alongside someone building a small little tech company. Yeah. Can 
is there enough shared values and enough shared uh, desired outcomes with those groups that we can say, you know, this is for you as well. But then, yeah, but then also, yeah, it's tough because while, while pricing isn't necessarily always set in stone, it's hard to raise prices mm-hmm. later on without yeah. some blowback, but also it's hard, maybe sometimes hard to reduce prices because people maybe it reduces the value perceived value of your product, but also like maybe irritates people who paid more for a while. <laughs> I don't yeah. Well, and the other thing I think we'll wrestle with is that in podcasting, there is this uh, cool factor. Like there's some shows that want to switch to transistor that are really fucking cool. Yeah. And like, I am fans of those hosts. I, you know, and I would love to have them on the platform just because as a fan, I feel like, oh, that would be so cool. It would be cool to be able to go to a party and brag about that. And, you know, it it makes us, it makes me feel like, yeah, like we're not just, we're not just doing business. Like we, we are culturally relevant, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's also a, a, a measure of, I don't know. Uh, proud proudness is that even a word? Yeah, pride. 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 Proud. Yeah. I just said proudness. It's not a word at all. <laughs> pride. Uh, pride of of having a show that you admire being on a you know service that you built and saying, hey, yeah, this thing works really well and well enough for these people that I really admire. Yeah, I've I the, the challenge with that is I've just seen in my own life in the past how like going after people because they're cool. Uh, is a really slippery slope. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, yeah, it, it's something that I I worry about because I'm, you know, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just difficult. And it, when you're being pulled emotionally somewhere, it's easy to rationalize things. And, you know, when people come to Transistor, we want to make sure that there's, you know, we're solving their problems and we're able to articulate the the struggles they're having, yeah. right? Yeah, I've, I've certainly been in situations with previous companies where there are clients that we really wanted and we were like, we'll do anything to get them. We'll pull out the stops. We'll like put in these sort of one-off fixes or features that maybe they'll only they're going to use. And then it it has a potential to turn into a total disaster because then you're you're sort of tailoring this thing to one, one client, they might leave. Um, you might have a bunch of code debt Mm -hmm. that is just in your app that might, you know, you got to get rid of at some point or might inhibit some other feature from being built or built the right way. So it's. Yeah. 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 So like, imagine if someone uh, who's, um, on NPR, that gal that does those amazing, she's like, Everyone thinks she's the best interviewer. Um, NPR, oh, what's her name? Is it Terry Gross? Yes. So let's let's imagine that Terry Gross says, announces she's leaving NPR, and she comes to us and says, listen, I think you guys are great. I want to do my show here. And I can just imagine, because I'm a fan of her shows, I've loved like what she's done, I can imagine me going... John, let's do whatever it takes to get Terry on the platform. Yeah. Like, let's give her a deal. Let And then Terry goes, you know, I really don't like that 
um, you know, this thing that you have in Transistor, could you change it? And we go, oh, okay, well, and it would just, huh. I, <laughs> this is probably unfair to yeah. Terry. She's, she, Terry, you are welcome on Transistor anytime. And then, but, and then, and then I'm writing code that says, if host is Terry Gross, yeah. do this, otherwise don't. Yeah, I mean, I've been in that situation. <laughs> Host is Terry Gross. Oh my god! Yeah, like exactly. And so then, because we've got stars in our eyes, yeah, and because it's a nice thing to share with the family at Thanksgiving, mom and dad. Guess who's on transistor? Who? Terry Gross. You're not. No way. But what you? We, yeah. But that's not. Know, that's not beneficial to us. It's. I mean, personally, yeah. maybe is a little validating, but like we would want that host to talk about us, but they're mm-hmm. paying us. So the, why would they like, we're not yeah. sponsoring their show. Yeah. And so this is the tricky part is how can you be unemotional about who your customer is going to be? Because everybody wants cool customers. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, the, everybody wants that. And, but I think that, I think everyone wants that so that in the hope that that person will talk about them. Yeah. But it never really works out that way because then you're just like, I mean, I've been, I've been in that boat before where you're like, oh man, I'd love to get this customer because then they'll like tweet about us or whatever and say great mm-hmm. things and it'll spread the word and all these people, thousands of people will sign up, but that's not their motivation to use a product. Yeah. And actually, <laughs> as you were saying that, I realized how, um, the, the difference I think is with, you know, with a customer like Matt Gio- Giovannici, who just signed up. I when I think about him, I'm just thinking, how can I serve him? How can I make this product better? How can I help him grow his show? Um, I was thinking of doing, uh, you know, reaching out to some of our our smaller, you know, uh, podcasts and just saying, I want to do whatever it takes to help you grow your listenership, and you know, manually helping them. But with you know, kind of the celebrities or other like big brands or whatever, some of that becomes selfish for the founder where our language becomes a lot more like, oh, I wonder what they can do for us or, oh, that would really make me feel good emotionally. You know, make me feel proud to be able to bring that name up in conversation. Yeah. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying? There's, right. there's this, in terms of motivation, it seems to change where the the language gets a lot more selfish or self-centered when as soon as you start thinking about like oh i hope they tweet about us oh i hope they mention us you know yeah and as opposed to hey what can we do for you right. or even better is we know what we can do for you we've been expecting you this is what we do for a living we know how we can best serve you because we've been listening and here we go we're we're ready it's it's just uh, a different. It, it feels a lot different. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I think we should leave it here. One thing I, I I'll you know kind of put out to you, John, and also the listener is I, I've been looking a lot at, at Hootsuite's pricing, mm-hmm. and there's something about it that I like. They have this. It feels very accessible, like nineteen dollars a month, if you are a kind of solo professional, one user, um, one show. And I'm wondering if that should be our starting point, something around there, and then jumping up to $99 a month 
which is if you've ever worked in SaaS, the $99 plan is kind of the it's the one it's one of the best plans to have because everything becomes easier yeah. at that level. Uh, we would go from needing 8,000 customers, 8,333 customers to 833 customers. So it becomes much more uh, realistic for us to create a, a business yeah. around a $100 customer. I guess, yeah, I guess the question comes in, what does that include? And is it multiple shows or is it one show or is it unlimited shows or is it like yeah, five shows or two? I mean... I guess we have yeah. to figure out what are what our potential customers are they going to be like focusing on one show or multiple shows. Yeah. That's a big kind of a big difference. Well, I think what we'll do is we're gonna we'll leave this to the listener. Listener, if you're listening right now, uh, get us on Twitter at John Buddha and at M I Justin. And I we want to hear what you would recommend for us. You've heard us, you've probably actually noticed things as we've been talking that we have not noticed. And we would love to hear your opinion. We're not necessarily going to act on everything, but if you ha- have a strong opinion, at John Buddha, at MI Justin, or at Transistor FM, whatever you want, and just say, hey, I heard the show. This is what I think you should do next. Um, that Those Twitter handles are in the show notes as well. That's at saas.transistor.fm. I think, John, you and I should also reach out to... We have a good network between us of business people we trust. Yeah. It'd be interesting for us to share this episode with them and say, what do you think? What yeah, do you think absolutely. we should do? What are you hearing that, you know, uh, that maybe we haven't noticed? So, you know, I think you could reach out to Max for sure. Some other people in Chicago. Maybe we should try to get Jason Freed, uh, Patio 11, Rob Walling, uh, Patrick uh, from Price Intelligently, Folks, if you're listening, if any of you are listening that we just mentioned, uh, we, you, you guys know how to get a hold of us, and um, we'd love to hear what we're missing here. We're very open to making good decisions moving yes. forward. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, John, why don't you share with folks, we have a, just a few updates uh, yeah. on what's new with Transistor. What's going on? Uh, let's see. So primarily... Um what we've been working on lately is our marketing site. So that is uh, nearly done. Um, I don't know if we mentioned that before. We're going to run the marketing site on WordPress. Mm-hmm. Have the, all the application is run elsewhere on um, Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's sort of been me getting back into WordPress. It's been about a decade or more. <laughs> uh, you, you know it. Uh, it's changed a lot. There's a bunch of new plugins, and Adam Clark helped us build it. Um, set up a lot of customizable little things that are good, but to take some getting used to. Um, yeah. So we're just sort of finishing up the homepage and, and some other, you know, secondary pages and fixing up the mobile, the mobile version of that. I um, just noticed something that you added. Yeah. That's really cool. You, if you're logged into Transistor, yeah, which is a Ruby on Rails app, the WordPress site says your dashboard instead of log in. Yep. That is, uh, I sort of noticed that Stripe was doing that. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty easy. You're just sharing a cookie that says you're signed in and the cookie is shared across the same domain. You smarty pants. That, yeah, that, I, I 
I'm, I'm sure that's simple on your side, but I'm I've, I'm like, wow, how did he do that? Wait yeah. a second. These, yeah, these two systems can't talk to each other. That's great. Sec, took a sec to figure that out. But yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, that, that, that was, a, I had some feedback that was from someone before, customer before that was like, yeah, I mean, the, I want to be able to visit the homepage if I'm logged in, but get to yeah. the, get to my app quickly if I'm already logged in. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, that's the biggest change, really. There's not too many changes um, within the application itself. You know, a couple small bug fixes here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few updates to analytics as far as logging downloads. One thing we've been trying to do is improve our documentation and improve our onboarding. So I'm working on some emails right now that go out to our new customers that just show them, you know, here's the, the most common question we get right now is what's going on? How do I get on Spotify? And uh, just as an update to that, we just talked to our, we have an official um, brand manager at Spotify, a uh, partnerships manager, and they, um, you know, they let us know kind of what's going on. And Spotify is just been inundated with requests for people to get on Spotify, both through their manual process, but also through this backend process that they've developed. And they've basically taken it all offline. Uh, so there's no new shows being accepted anywhere. And they're predicting right now it's going to be, it's probably be uh, end of June, 2018, before they're able to start uh, accepting feeds again. So, um, you know, we get a lot of emails and messages from folks saying, how do I get on Spotify and, you know, there's some shows that were able to sneak in before they had to take it offline and they are on Spotify, but for everybody else, even, you know, whether you're trying to submit it manually through their Google form or through a partner, uh, that's all on hold right now. So that's, uh, that's a Spotify update. Also trying to share how people can get more listeners, yep. uh, and, yeah. So, and we're gonna we're hoping to launch the marketing site May twenty fifth. So that's in four days. Yep. <laughs> I think honestly, I think we should just launch it. Like, I think we should just launch it on that day. Like, if we've whatever we've got done. Yeah, it's better I, I think, than what we have now. Yeah, I think we should just go live. That's that's really what we're working on. Uh, we our review contest. So we've been doing this contest where if you leave a review in iTunes for build your SaaS, uh, we will give you, uh, we're going to enter, we're going to have a draw for a transistor t-shirt. That's almost over because uh, it's end of May uh, that we're doing the, that till. And I want to read a few reviews uh, from Canada. We have, these iTunes names are ridiculous. <laughs> Paskey, I, uh, he says, uh, or she says, I'm not sure, it could be who knows who this person is? Tons of great fun to listen to. Really enjoying the dynamic between John and Justin. Even they agree, even though they agree on pretty much everything. <laughs> <laughs> you see, they approach the responses from different angles, which is a great way to come to consensus. That is a total ca- Canadian review right there. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, Snake Spit from the United States says. So much of the media around startups revolves around the big venture capital-backed companies, and there's plenty of room in the world for small, 
partnerships to build their own thing. This is a great diary of John and Justin's journey to build their product. I'm getting a lot of inspiration listening to the podcast. So thank you so much for those reviews. Right now, we have 27 reviews globally, which is fantastic. I would love to see that get up to 40, 40 global reviews. So folks, if you haven't left a review yet, just go into iTunes, go into Apple Podcasts, search for Build Your SaaS, and click that five-star icon, and then it'll bring up the, the opportunity to leave a written review and... We do read those. We do appreciate them. They are uh, really encouraging for us, and they do help the show get noticed. Uh, Also, surprising, how many... Last week, I mentioned, hey, if you're listening in Breaker right now, the podcast app, leave us a heart and a comment. And we were one of the top 20 shows on Breaker last week. Uh, We had, I think, six or seven people click that little heart icon, and we had probably four people leave a comment. So if you're on Breaker, that's kind of fun. Uh, click that heart icon and leave us a comment. That's, uh, that's been fun to interact with listeners uh, in there. And I think that's it, John. Anything else you want to say? Uh, no, that should be it, I think. Perfect. Well, we'll see you folks next week for part two of our pricing decision. <laughs> see you then. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.